Hello, this is your host, Sonata Allison, and welcome back to the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Hopefully that hello was not too loud, (laughs) but glad to be back today. As you guys can see what we're talking about, godly men and how to attract them. Also, what they even look like. So that's what we'll be talking about today. But first, I wanted to just talk about the event that we had last week. As you guys know, I did the Godly Pleasure event on November 1st and 2nd, and it was wonderful. Such an honor to, to sit in a room with women and allow them to have a space to be vulnerable and ask the questions that they want to ask that the church did not, does not always allow room for. So that was really cool to spend that time with them. You know, they felt comfortable um, and like they got something out of it. So that was my whole goal in doing that event. So hopefully I'll be doing something like that in the future. If you want to join, um, I would say just follow me on Instagram at the parallel pod to keep up with that. It was so nice to be able to see your faces. That's what I always say to you guys on the podcast that I want to see you interact with you guys. So hopefully I'll be doing that again soon. But anywho, let's look at the, um, what's it looking like today? Our trending episode today is Let Me Down Gently, which was my most recent episode, um, my solo episode. Um, and the people that are listening today is United States, Australia, and Zambia. So we got Germany listening to South Africa, UK. That's so cool that Germany is listening. That's pretty dope. So yeah, as you guys know, we'll be talking about godly, I was going to say godly pleasure. <laughs> That's not what we're doing right now. Right. We're talking to Tamika about what it looks like to have a godly man, to find a godly man, and to be a woman who attracts them. So let's get into it. All righty. Hello, Tamika. How are you doing today? I am well. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Um, really, I think this episode is going to be so helpful to people. I think we're going to have a good time. So yeah, definitely excited to have you on. But before we jump into it, there's a question I ask people um, when they come onto the podcast for the first time. Uh, and it is something similar to this usually. Um, what's something you believe to be true about God and why? Whew. I believe God is the ultimate healer. Mm. And the reason why I believe that is from the earliest remem- memories that I have of needing to a healer. He has definitely never, ever failed me. He has never showed up like late or um, halfway did anything like he is a complete healer. And I know that to be true. And I'm just going to add a little bit to it because how can you talk about God in just that little bit of time? Yeah, right? Go like, ahead. Go ahead. It's your he, time. <laughs> he is also like just omniscient and omnipresent mm-hmm. and he is amazing. Um, right before we got on, I was listening to Kiki Shepherd, Sherrod, I think that mm-hmm. is her Cute, name. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she, uh, the song, uh, you are amazing God. Like I woke up with that in my spirit mm. and I'm like incomparable, undeniable, like undescribable. Like that's what I know about God for sure. Yeah. All those things. And I always tell people when I, we could do this the whole episode, we don't even have to talk about a godly man, <laughs> but yeah, he's so good. Um, so yeah, that's a really good answer. Um, so yeah, tell the people who you are, um, what you do, and then we'll we'll jump into it. 
Awesome. Awesome. So my name is Tamika Thomas. I am a life and relationship coach, and I believe that I was put on this planet to help women heal past traumas, past uh, residue from past relationships, elevate their mindset and restore their relationship with God and men. So I mm. believe I help women become her. Damn. Okay. Becoming her. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Perfect. So this is a, an extension of what you're already doing this episode that you're coming on and doing. Um, I think, yeah, part of becoming her and staying her is if you want to be married, you're going to have to choose a him. You know what I'm saying? He got to be him. So that's what we're <laughs> chatting about today. Um, obviously, you have a him. So tell, tell us a little bit about your marriage, how long you guys have been together. And yeah. Yes, all the things that I get to talk about, this still gives me like little butterflies and I still <laughs> blush when I think about him. So me and my husband, we have been married for five years. It'll be six years um, coming up and he's he's just amazing. This is actually both of our second time around. Um, and listen, this boy was in my DM saying I'm pretty. Okay. <laughs> Well, he slid into the DMs. It's, our story is really, like, it's really unbelievable. And I do mm. believe one day we'll probably have, like, a lifetime story because the way that our lives were intersected, but yet God knew that we weren't ready to meet. We weren't mm. supposed to meet. And so we met at, like, God's appointed time. Um, and I love him, love him. His name is Paul Thomas. He has his own construction company. He is an entrepreneur. He is truly him. He is the amazing father of his five children, the bonus dad of my three children. So together combined, we have eight children wow. that we care for and we are doing the dang thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, man. So I know this episode is not about you, but can you tell us a little bit of like a synopsis of your love story? Yeah. So um, I, I feel like you know, when I was a little girl, I remember putting together a scrapbook of like what I wanted my cake to look like, what I wanted, you know, and it was crazy because um, my childhood was kind of tumultuous, right? Like I had a lot of hard things happen to me in my childhood. And I think I used to look at marriage as like an escape. I thought like, mm. oh, once I got married and once I fell in love, like I would escape all the problems of life. So I had like this fairy tale version of what love and marriage was supposed to look like. So because I was trying to escape, I got married at the very, very young age of 18. So like wow. right six months after, yeah, six wow. months after turning 18, I was married. I was having a baby six months later and that my first marriage lasted um, about 11 years. So we, we did like, quote unquote, beat the odds of like young marriage, but raised in the church. And so I was taught, you know, if you're doing that thing, you you know, it's better to marry than a burn, which I totally, mm -hmm. totally believe that teaching. But I feel like what was absent of that teaching was like how to be married. Like yeah. we were told like, okay, get married, but we weren't told like how to live in a marriage and how to, you know, be a, have a successful marriage. So um, that relationship, I never say that I'm a divorced woman. I say that I've successfully completed some relationships. Mm. So <laughs> I successfully completed that relationship. And me and my children's father, we have like the ideal co-parenting like relationship. We did everything right. 
Um, we went into the marriage wrong with all the wrong intentions, but we came out of it right. And we wanted to do right by our children. And then, which I don't tell, well, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say. So because of that, like um, religiosity, right? So it wasn't mm-hmm. God, it was religion. Um, six months after that divorce, I married again. Okay. And that marriage was trash, straight basura, mm-hmm. straight, just trash. It was okay. trash. Um, I was trying to heal. Um, but I believe that I do believe that marriage do, is like a, a, a healing bomb and it does help you heal. But when it's with the right person and he definitely was not the right person, he was somebody that was familiar. So I always caution women when they tell me, I feel like I know him. I feel like mm, that ain't it. Because a lot mm. of times familiar spirits will attach themselves to people and then it will just um perpetuate her and perpetuate more damage. So that marriage only lasted two years. And it I, I had a lot of trauma that came out of that. So I took six years with just me, myself and God. And I learned mm. me um, coming from being 18 years old into relationships, like going from my daddy house to a man house. I needed to know like, what kind of soap I like, what kind of tissue I like, like little mm. things that we don't, you know, think about. Yeah. And so I took that time. Um, I dated and I enjoyed it. I, I learned what kind of man I really like, how I wanted to be treated. Um, but I wasn't in any committed relationships during that six years period. And then I had a little hot girl period. And I was like, okay, this ain't me. <laughs> Let me pull it back. You know, God was like, Mm-mm, I called you for greater. And so mm. I'll never forget um, two weeks prior, legitimately, I believe that God works in speed. And two weeks prior from me meeting my husband, I like, I was sitting at a gas station and I'm like, these dudes ain't given, like, they're not giving anything. Like it's fun to go on a casual date, but it was like, it wasn't really fulfilling my soul and my purpose of who I knew God had called me to be. So I sat in the parking lot and I just started deleting numbers. There were some that were like, that I considered friends. So I called them and I'm like, Hey, yeah, this is done. Like, you know, probably won't ever hear from me again. And I left it at that. And then I committed my life back to God and I surrendered to the process. And I said, Lord, if you've called me to be single, if you want me to be by myself, I'm cool. Like at this point, I was speaking all over the country. I was writing books. I was like, I was walking in my purpose, but I knew that there was like a missing piece, but I was also okay. Like my kids were getting to an age where, you know, they were teens and I'm like, if this is what you've called me to be, just to be this um, amazing mom to my babies and serve other people, I'm okay with it. Literally two weeks after I said that prayer to God, my husband, he had been like, like in post, you know, doing a little hard eyes. And I was like, amen, brother. Like I wasn't giving him the, the time. Of day. <laughs> I'm dead. Not amen, brother. <laughs> you probably hated that. He hated it. I was like, mm. and then when I was ready and when he was ready, um, he slid into my messages, my DMs, and he wrote a very intentional message. Mm. And then I asked him a very intentional question. I said, what are your intentions? And he was like, listen, just like you did that. Right. Face. He was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, because I'm not, I'm not into the game. So, and he gave me an intentional answer. And literally from there, it was like, we locked in, ain't no switching up. <laughs> hey. Love that for you. And I love how vulnerable you are with your story. Like I try to incorporate that in the podcast because I don't want people to think it's all perfection or there's no hurt in this or, you know, you, just because you're in Christ, you avoid things. Um, 
So I think it's so, yeah, that, that was so good. And I think the point where you were saying too, some people may be thinking that it's an escape, right? I can just get out of the sadness I'm in right now or the, the bad place I'm in, but no preparation to, to uh, be in a thriving, healthy relationship. So Mm -hmm. I know that was your thought process before. So what did you learn about marriage that helped you be healthy then? Cause I know you're saying you didn't know what love was. You didn't know what marriage looked like. So what did you learn? First and foremost, I learned how to love myself. So I learned like radical self-acceptance, self-love. I I learned that I never wanted anybody to pay for the broken dishes that somebody else caused. I Mm. learned like how to submit and how to submit to God wholeheartedly, right? Because I believe that when we submit to God, it's easy to submit to a man um, because God will be like, you know, he'll he'll knock you upside your head if you're not doing right Listen, that convention. <laughs> so I'm like, I learned, um, but but most importantly, I, I really went through a radical healing process. I healed from uh, childhood traumas. And the mm. thing about marriage, though, is it is definitely like a mirror. So there were things that I was like, oh, I'm over that. I'm not, you know. And when my my husband presented himself, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, like where is this stuff coming up? But I, I thank God because I remember him telling me so. A lot of dudes were sliding into my DM saying, God told me you was my wife. And I was like, well, they love seeing told me. listen, <sighs> I'm pretty sure he going to tell me first. Right. But my husband <laughs> did that. And I was just like, huh, oh. like something. Yeah. He told me that God told him. He said, hey, that I he, guess it works sometimes. Listen. So, so <laughs> his story is he was at church and um, the spirit was high. Like it was just one of those services, you know? And he said he, when he got out of church, he opened up Facebook and my picture was there. And he was like, Mm. God, like, no. And so he closed it and he was like, what are you, what, why, why do you keep highlighting this girl? And he Mm. said, God told him, this is your wife. And so he was like, "Mm." and so he opened it up and there I am again. And so he's like, he just sent the message and he's like, Lord, if this is you, it will come to pass. And so he, that's, that's, but he, oh man, this. Our story is so deep. My husband had to be broken in order for him to be the man that mm-hmm. I needed him to be. I remember speaking at a um, a youth service and I was like going in and I was giving the, the girls like the anointing was really high. And at the end, someone came up to me and she said, Tamika, God has heard you. He knows that you've been praying for your husband and you think that God is like, Cause I would always be like, you know, creating me a clean heart, Lord, circumcise my heart. You know, I, I just wanted to be presented as a bride. Like, you know how the Bible says that um, God is looking for his, when he comes back for his bride, he wants her spotless. And that's yeah. what I wanted to be for my husband. Mm. And so I was always praying for that and like fasting and going into intercession. And the lady said, this ain't even about you. God is doing a work in him. So mm. you need to just be patient because God is literally breaking him. And so I was like that. So that was like in April or I'm sorry, in January of 2017, my husband slid into my DMs in September of 2017. Now, mind you, in between that time, he had a major uh, motorcycle accident where he Mm. broke 11 ribs. He was on life support. He only had a 45% chance to live. God literally broke him in order to present him to be what I needed him to be. 
Wow, that is a beautiful story. Y'all gonna have to come back and do the whole thing again. Just go ahead. We gonna do, we gonna do a whole episode on your relationship one day <laughs> when y'all write that book. Just come on back. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that is beautiful, and I love to hear like the ins and outs of people's love stories um, because it's not always a straight line. It is rarely a straight line, actually. <laughs> so um, that's really good. So let's get into it then. Um, what do you feel like, what made you decide that he was a godly man? What do we, what even con- con- constitutes a godly man? Mm. So I think initially when he was able to answer that question, when I asked him what was his intentions and he didn't run away, like he did not run away from the hard questions. Um, the other thing is when we started dating, um, so it was, there was, there was speed on it. I believe that when God restores, he also adds speed, right? Mm. So he didn't take no time. Like he's, he messaged me, we exchanged numbers that same night. And then he set up a date within a week. So there wasn't, and he was doing like, he was taking the lead. He wasn't like, well, what do you want to do? What? No, there was like, Mm. there was something different about he, first of all, he was a man. Like, I think a lot of um, women are, are dating or expecting men out of boys just because they have an age of over 18. They're still Mm. boys. Like they're still princes. Mm. And we out here calling them Kings and no baby, he's a prince. He ain't no King. Like he ain't ready for any of that. And Mm. so that's what my, my husband definitely like took the lead. And he, um, was very intentional. He was very honest. I'll never forget um, when we were like messaging back and forth, there was a period of like silence, like a couple of hours went by and I was like, mm, well, whatever. Like that was fun while it lasted. And then he hit me back up and he was like, I apologize, but I was taking my kids to uh, back to their moms and I needed to spend that time with them. And I was like, mm. whoa. So that let me know that his priorities were in order. He didn't, he had like, you know, good priorities. Um, and then once we like really started dating, um, I knew that he heard from God. Our very first date, um, I was not nice. I was still like guarded and I was still, mm. and he still pursued, he pursued me. And then our second date, I remember praying and I said, God, if this is from you, he'll bring flowers. And so he, I mean, set up this date. We live in California. So it was like overlooking the ocean and like this beautiful restaurant. Um, And he pulls up, he pays for my valet parking, no flowers. And I'm like, "Mm, whatever, I'm about to enjoy this $100 meal anyways, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't have flowers, but he presented me with this box. And he said, some women think that all they deserve is flowers, but you deserve a lot more. And in the box, there was a shirt. There was two shirts. There was a workout shirt because he he studied me. He watched mm. me. He knew that I liked to work out. He knew that I was a speaker. So there was a blouse. There was a watch. There was a purse. There were, I don't know, it was like five different gifts. This is our second date. Wow. <laughs> this man was like intentional. We love about, that. Listen, about pursuing me. And so... I knew then. And then when we started like going to church together, I like watched. I'm like, is he about to put $5 in that offering plate? Or he about to, you know, what he, what he about to do? He, he going to take it out. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Because where your heart is, that's also where your treasure will be. Mm. And so I, I watched how he honored God. I watched how he honored children, his, his children. I watched my daughter at the time. My youngest daughter was about, 
11 years old. And I remember her saying like, he has good energy, like he has a good spirit. And so mm. that's when I knew he's, he's a godly man. Like there was fruit in other words, right? There was fruit that he was a godly man. It wasn't just because he said he was a godly man. There was evidence that he was a godly man. Yeah, that's good. And I'll just kind of write it down. Basically the things that you, you outlined is like, he honors God. He has priority priorities. He's decisive. He took charge. Um, you were saying like, he's a man, not a boy. So I think all those things you kind of laid out speak to a man, but also a godly man who honors God. Um, so other than um, seeing him in church, what else, like, what else would you say constitutes a godly man other than those like manly things? Yeah, like he was well-rounded, right? So when we would go out to eat, he, he didn't, he would tip, you know, like things like that were important to me. Like he showed... Mm -hmm courtesy to other women like I would watch him like open the door for and like you wow, know hold the door cool. for other women where some women they're not prepared for that type of man because they're like why are you doing that for her like no like that is a man like he would pull out chairs for other women he would do things that I'm like this guy is really like he loves the Lord and you could tell because it shows in his character it wasn't about the way he looked. It wasn't about his bank account. Like his character was that of a gentleman, of a godly man, because I always believe that Holy Spirit, that God is like a gentleman and he, God opens doors for us, right? The, the word of God mm. says that your gift will make room for you. Well, you got to get through that door to get your gift to make room for you. And that's what my husband, he was a replica of God for me. And then I remember him telling me, um, and some church folks may not be ready for this, but I'm a little spicy if you can't tell, right? <laughs> really? I'm <fine. laughs> And he would tell me, he told me, I'm going to love the hell out of you. And mm. I'm like, and he, what he meant is like those rough edges, those things that I was, where I was guarded, those, those places where, and that's just how God is. The word of God mm. says that God never leaves nor forsakes us. So just because we you know, sin or we do bad things. God doesn't walk away. That's what I noticed about my husband. I put all my cards on the table. Um, I've been diagnosed with PTSD. So because of my childhood and because of some of the trauma that I experienced, and I told him everything. I'm like, I got this, this is all this stuff going on. And he was like, bet. Like I'm up mm. for the job. He didn't run away. He didn't, you know, he was like, here I am. He put his, his, um, I always say that a man of God is their tongue in their mouth and their tongue in their shoes are going to go in the same direction. So they're not going to be okay. saying one thing and doing something else. Right. So I remember my daughter needed an oral surgery and her dad didn't have the funds. I didn't have the funds. This is like us knowing each other for like two weeks. And he was like, how much is it? He gave wow. me like over $600. He started paying my rent before he was my husband. And he wasn't living there. Like he was letting me know I'm going to protect. There's three things that a godly man is going to do. They're going to protect you. They're going to provide for you. And they're going to profess their love for you. He didn't mm -hmm. hide me. He was like, everybody, this is, this is Tamika. This is her. This is before <laughs> we had labels. This is before we had, he was like, nope, this is her. And then he started to provide for me and he was always protecting me. 
His mm. his mother, his um, children's mother, they don't have uh, the same type of co-parenting relationship. And I was nervous about going into a relationship with a man that had children, mm-hmm. but he protected me. He protected my heart. He protected my emotions. He protected my mindset. I didn't have to deal with all of the craziness that came along with that. So he provided, protected, and professed his love. That's how I knew he was a godly man. Beautiful. Yeah. And I've heard added to that list was, um, uh, I think it was a, a prophet in his home. Mm. So like shepherding and, and like really washing his wife with the word. So I think that's another thing. But as you were talking, it's like you have to know who Jesus is for, for you to find a man who emulates God. Because you were saying he was God to you. So how would you know that unless you, unless you studied who God was? Listen, Sarah called Abraham Lord. I think people miss that. Like, and the only reason why she was able to call Abraham Lord is because she knew what a Lord is supposed to do because he, the Lord was the Lord over her life. So because I had, that's the thing about, um, I think I posted about this recently. A godly man pushes you towards God. Like my husband, I, I, I like became hungrier for God. Like mm. I already had a solid relationship, but I'm like, man, because he knows his word because he's in prayer. I want to be in prayer. I want to, you know, I want to seek the Lord even fervently. So I 100% agree with what you said. I only knew what God was supposed to look like in my marriage because I had already experienced God for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah. So I'm going to ask this question too. So you knowing, you knowing God is, is, is kind of foundational to this, but what do you think, what do we need to look like to attract the godly man? Mm. Wow. That's such a good question. And I think that we have to be, so there's a couple of things, you know, there's this like red pill, pink pill community where there's a lot of women that are like, you know, they want equal rights and they, and and I'm all for that, right? I'm all for us being treated fairly because I believe for centuries, but then I also believe that there's a lot of masculine energy that Mm -hmm. women hold, particularly black women, but we ain't got time to get into that. And there's that because of, you know, slavery and for all, all types of reasons. And so I believe, you know, a couple of years ago, this soft life movement started happening but I believe that you have to have that for yourself. And so I think that that's the first thing is you have to know how to be soft. You have Mm -hmm. to, um, and and it starts with like softness with friendships, right? With your girlfriends, with your sisters, with, um, you know, other men, you also have to know how to receive a man. a, A man is a giver. It's the way God created them. Their anatomy from just their mindset, they are givers. Women are created to receive. So many women don't know how to receive. So one of the things that I started doing, even before I knew my husband was coming, but I didn't know who he was. Right. So if a man would be like, can I carry your groceries? I'd be like, you sure can. I started preparing myself to be able to be vulnerable, to be soft, to be. And it didn't like I didn't have to give them my number. I didn't have to. None of that. It was just like, yeah. I started allowing people to open the doors for me. I learned how to receive compliments. You know, I learned what I liked. So when my husband was like, where do you want to go to eat? I wasn't like, oh, whatever you like. Remember that movie, um, Coming to America? Whatever you like, bark like a dog. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I learned what Tamika liked because in order for me to attract a king, 
I got to be a queen. I have to already be there. I have to have a mindset of a queen and a queen is dominant. A queen um, is a rule, like she sets rules and she does all of those things. So I had to prepare in that manner and I had to be ready to receive what God was preparing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the word you, the word you use just now, dominant, I could hear that sounding masculine, but it reminded me of the Proverbs 31 woman. I know we throw that around so easily, right? People always throw that around. Oh, I'm a Proverbs 31 woman, but they haven't actually read that, which is first of all, crazy. Why are you saying that? You haven't read it. But Come that on. woman had the dominion over everything she touched. Like the Bible even said that she made the pe- she made him look good <laughs> to the people in the town. <laughs> she was taking care of herself financially. She had things that she was doing before she even met him. And this is, I believe it was Bathsheba. That's what I think. I know people say they don't know who actually did it, but Lemuel's mom, Bathsheba, mm-hmm. I think, you know, she was setting him up. She That's what it's saying. She's telling him the kind of woman to look for. Come on. So that's that's so important that like we do have dominion right now and that doesn't have to look masculine. It can just look like you living, speak, seeking seeking first the kingdom, like the Bible calls us to do regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to touch on that because I actually, in one of my recent eBooks, I put a snippet um, of the Proverbs 31 woman and I said that there's a model, like there's literally a model. The Bible gives us a model of what that, what the Proverbs 31 woman looks like. And the first thing is she's a virtuous woman that serves God with all her heart, her mind and her soul, right? So she like literally the word of God says in Matthew 7 and 7, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, what does that look like? That means serving him. That means chasing after him. So I had to be in a position to be the Proverbs 31 woman to like be seeking after God. The second Second thing is you have to be respectful. You have to be faithful. Mm. So women don't realize the Bible never tells us to love our husband. It tells us to respect him. And so you have to know how to be respectable. So many women are reckless with their mouth. Before God presented my husband, I mastered okay. So I just be like, okay, and not in a sarcastic way. And it doesn't mean that I'm like a doormat and my opinion doesn't matter. No, because we don't have that heated fellowship, but we gonna have it. You know, me and my husband have what we call Denny dates. When we need to have a a heated fellowship, let's go to Denny's because we gonna knock this out, but we're gonna do it in a respectful (laughs) respectful (laughs) manner. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna do it in my home because my bedroom is my sanctuary. So we're not about to be arguing up in here because this is where Mm. love making and magic is supposed to happen. So we're not doing it here. We're gonna take it over to Denny's because we know that we're going to, we ain't gonna respect, uh, we ain't gonna be acting a fool in public, right? So, and then the third thing is she is a loving mother. Even if you don't have children yet, you have to, and it ain't like you gotta like every kid that you see, you gotta go up to them and be, but you have to have like a nurturing spirit. That's what the Proverbs 31 woman, she not only cared for her household, but she cared for other people's household. She was a nurturer. She was a, a giver. She knew how to like care for people. The fourth thing is she took care of her physical, mental, and spiritual health. Listen, ladies, I ain't with the Kevin Samuels movement, but one thing I do like about him is he talked about keeping our bodies together, keeping mm-hmm. our mental state together, keeping our spiritual state together. The Proverbs 31 woman got up before everybody and she she took care of her business. Even to this day, I get up at like 5, 4.30 because I need to listen. My my kids need certain things. I got to still take care of me. So many women, when they get um, into relationships, they lose themselves. When my husband met me, 
I was a brick house. So I got to stay that brick house. You know what I mean? I got to, <laughs> you know, I got to continue to work out and take care of my body. I also need to, for me, I have non-negotiables that I do every single morning. I got to pray. I got to journal. I got to write my gratitude list. I can't do that and not you know, and, and be that Proverbs 31 woman, if I'm not maintaining my mental health and my spiritual health, the fifth thing is she was a wise steward of her gifts. And so when you're a wise steward, wise steward of your gifts, she was out there sewing and she was doing all kind of stuff. So you, we have to be wise. So God, can, again, we were created to receive. So what a woman does, a woman is an incubator. When a woman receives something, they multiply it. They just make more of it. But if you're, you're not a Proverbs 31, one woman, if you just out here prostituting your gifts and you're not using them in a proper manner. And then the sixth thing is she was creative. That doesn't mean that you got to be out here making flower wreaths and, and being like, and sewing and stuff, but you definitely have to know how to like adorn your home and make your home feel welcome and make yourself feel welcome. Like um, attractive and um, have you have to have an inner beauty that only comes from God. So I love that you brought that up because I do believe that so many women are always talking about being the Proverbs 31 woman, but they don't know what that truly means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So you just did a great job of just kind of outlining uh, what a godly woman is for us. Um, so the next question I'd have for you is what do you think are some like uncommon questions that uh, people should be asking while dating? Mm. So some uncommon questions I think people should ask is, you know, there's always like the cliche, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see? But I think that we should ask questions. I actually have 25 questions that I think you should ask while you're dating. And it's simple things like, What's your favorite color? Like, we don't get to know people. Like, we don't, we don't do any of, like, some people think that that stuff is surface, but mm. those questions can lead into, like, well, my favorite cl color is blue because my grandfather, blah, blah, you know, it'll lead into more uh, deeper conversations. You should ask, also ask the hard questions about credit score and about how many bank accounts you have and about, you know, what's your relationship like one of the like with your friends and your family? One of the questions I asked my husband is, if I was in a room with your friends, what would your friends say about you? Do mm. you have friends? You know, so we need to ask questions about their character. Those are the deeper questions that I think we should be asking while dating. Yeah. And that's funny you say that because I am actually talking to someone right now. And um, literally, I asked, we talked about credit and we talked about, um, favorite colors yesterday so because <laughs> yeah, I think right I think I think what happens sometimes is we see a person that loves the Lord maybe like especially because of this podcast they're waiting for marriage and they're like people are just like perfect you're my person but there's something inside that shell that you have to dig deeper like understanding the person's theology as well um and those small little cute things to actually get to know a person that is key because Part of my story that a lot of folks don't know that me and my husband's story is, is our theology. So there was a point, we were two weeks from our marriage, literally two weeks from walking down the aisle, folks from all different parts of the country booked their flights, airplane tickets on the way, everything paid for, and we called off the wedding. Wow. 
prior to, because our theology was not lining up. He saw things one way. I saw things another way. And we had a moment of having like these deep conversations about um, some of the stuff was traditional stuff that I had gone away from, but that he was still in. And then some of the stuff was like foundational stuff that he believed. And I was like, I don't know if I believe that. And because we were merging our families and we were merging our lives, we were like, we can't do this. Like, mm. Care if we lose the tens of thousands of dollars, if people are mad at us, we can't do this. So we literally cost, uh, called everything off for our salvation. You know, like the word of God says, work out your own salvation. And I think with fear and trembling, and I think so often uh, folks get married just to have that walking down the aisle moment and for everybody in the Instagram pictures and for everyone to be so proud of them. But we were like, we don't care. Like we do not care with this is bigger than us. Um, my husband told me that our marriage was going to be unorthodox and everything about it has been unorthodox. Mm-hmm. So in April, we were supposed to get married. We called it off. And then in July we ended up and, and only by the grace of God, the venue was like, you guys are going to lose everything. Mm-hmm. If you guys decide to do this later, you'll have to pay everything. And we were willing to take that risk. We did not care, like did not care about any of it. And then uh, June, like the end of June, we were like, okay, we're ready because we ha- we were on the same you know, path. We were, we believe the same. We thought the same and not everything is completely um, lined up, but the foundational pieces were, and the venue was like, it's a green light. You guys don't own it. They ended up sending us a check back. Like that's what happens when you do it God's way. They ended wow. up, we owe you guys. Family members that book flights were like, we'll, we'll rebook. They came out here cause we're in California. So they were like, oh, well, we'll just come out for spring break and we'll enjoy the summer and we'll, and then we'll come back out in uh, summer. So when you put God first, when you truly reverence him and it's not about the gram. And it's not about how many likes and shares you're going to get on your pictures, because that's that shiny, shiny, um, object syndrome that so many people have. They just want it for what it looks like on the outside. We understood that this was kingdom. We understood that this was God. We understood that this was marriage. I mean, ministry. So we had to do it God's way and God repaid us. Man, that is a testimony right there. Wow. That's so brave of y'all to do that. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Man, I'm like speechless. That's like so beautiful. Yes. Wow. I I can't (laughs) go on. That's so good that you guys honor the Lord so much and and were that serious about honoring God. Like like this marriage is not going to be over my commitment to Christ individually. That's beautiful. But something you mentioned too, I wanted to ask you about, like how do we stop focusing on the shiny object? How do we kind of change our our mindset? Yeah, I think it's a matter. So I do like social media, media detoxes. My husband is not so heavy on social media. He like on Facebook and that's it. Like he's good. <laughs> but me, because I am a content creator and my business is run off of um, social media, you know, um, I'm very heavy on social media, but I have clear boundaries. Social media has caused us to have blurred boundaries, which is why so many people have shiny object syndrome because they see what these celebrities and even someone like the um, 
Christian world or the gospel world, like they see their relationships, but I have been previewed and, and lucky enough to sit in some of those spaces and it ain't what they posting about. Like it ain't, it ain't really given what they're acting like it's giving. And so I've learned to have clear boundaries and know what my reality is. And so what my reality is, is what I'm truly um, focused on, not what the likes, the comments, the shares, because that is so fake. It is so fake and it is so unrealistic. Um, I believe that I am try I try to be as transparent as possible and as authentic as possible, but I'm also posting my highlight reels, right? I'm posting when I'm speaking here and I'm doing this and I, I'm not posting the dirty clothes in the corner, right? <laughs> like, but I think that so many people need to learn how to step back. I often ask God, okay, am I starting to compare? Am I starting to make this a God? Am I starting to make this an idol? And the moment I start to even have those thoughts and those questions, I'm like, I'm done. And I don't care if people unfollow me, I don't care if I don't care about any of that because I am truly focused on doing this kingdom in God's way. And so I think um, so many people have made social media and things idols like they they really have. We live in a very like idolistic world where people idolize the relationship. Like I had, like I said, I had to literally surrender to God and say, whatever you, whatever your will is. And my husband, he's very good at that as well. So he'll keep me in line. Like that ain't real. And I'm like, you right, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. So it sounds like the core of it, it just comes back to the Lord and you checking back in with what his standard is for you. Um, not looking at, uh, society, what other people are doing, because, you know, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't ever eat at uh, the Cheesecake Factory and wouldn't date a man that's making less than 300K. Like, you would really just be, you know, things would be very different. Um, but I think the Lord also calls us. Real quick, because I have to yeah. just speak to that really quickly. Okay. If you can't, not you particular, but those of you that's listening to me, I need you to lean on in. If you can't take yourself out to a $150 dinner, if you can't do that for yourself, why are we expecting men to do that? Like I started doing it for myself before me and my husband, before I attracted him, I would take myself out on luxury dates, get dressed up and do it for me because I wanted to be an asset to my husband, not a dependent. And so many women are looking to be dependent and they want to be somebody that you are. Are you trying to be somebody? My kids are dependent. My kids, I can write them off on my taxes. My husband, we sit at the same table. We're assets to one another. So we add value. We don't take away from. And so I think that that conversation is so foolish. And that lady, God bless her heart, she is dealing with some deep, some deep, some deep inner child wounds that if she if she listening to this by any chance or somebody send it to her, tell her to holler at your girl because I can help her get that healed right up so she will be able to know that her value is not dependent on where she eats at. Mm hmm. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So good. Um, Yeah. So I definitely think like there's more. And I think that's what this conversation has really highlighted. Like God has more for us. And it's not about what society is telling us to do or telling us how to live. There's so much more for us. So, um, yeah. Is there any last words you have for the people that you want them to hear. Yeah. So this is a mantra that me and my husband really live our life by. And 
it was it was like a staple in our marriage. We both put it in our marriage vows. And this is for anyone that has been married, plans to be married, um, is walking through a difficult season in relationships. Is we, me and my husband, we made a vow to God and to one another to love each other as if we've never been hurt. And I think that that is where when your heart posture is that I don't want to hurt, I don't want to love you out of the hurt from my past or try to we don't, we don't do that. We love each other as if nothing else has happened. Like, no, there's no record of anything else in our past relationships. And that has truly made this marriage really feel like a fairy tale. It mm. feels like, and you know, we fight, we bicker, we have all those other things, but when we, we're always present in our marriage. So when we have a uh, heated fellowship, as we call it, it's not because of something that old boy or old girl did in our past. It's because of what's going on present. So vow to yourself to love yourself as if you've, if you've never been hurt. And then that way you can attract a partner that you can love as if you've never been hurt. Man, that is so good. That that really just gives your, you a whole new perspective. Mm-hmm. Loving as if you've never been hurt. Wow, that's good stuff. I'm taking that home with me. Man, well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You are welcome anytime you if you if you were to think of like an idea or whatever you want to talk about come back on the podcast and talk because I know people are gonna be blessed by this episode um thank you so much for having me I truly counted an honor and a privilege for you sharing your stage with me and sharing your platform with me I wish you nothing but uninterrupted godly success in all the things that you're doing thank you so much so where can the people find you if they want to find you Yes. On all these social media streets, it's Tamika Thomas. Um, My podcast is Tuesday with Tamika, where I talk about all things healing, elevation, and restoration. Um, If you go to my website at TuesdayWithTamika.com, you can find out more about my products, services, books, all the things that I have going on. Awesome. All righty. So as you guys know, you can follow the parallel at the parallel pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, Remember to kiss the sun, speak the truth in love, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye.